0: This is HPR episode 1938 entitled, How I Prepare HPR Shows. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 26 minutes long. The summary is, I use my own tools for preparing my HPR shows. I talk about them in this
1: episode. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15.
0: This is Dave Morris. Today's show is entitled How I Prepare HPR Shows, which is a bit meta, but there you go. So why am I talking about this? Well, I've been contributing shows to HPR since 2012, according to my records. And in those far off days, we sent everything in via FTP, and we had to name the files with a combination of our host ID and numeric thing, our name or handle, or whatever we're using, the slot number, HPR1234, the title. And it all—it was all rather complex with hyphens and underscores meaning special things and so on. The show notes had to contain a chunk of metadata in a predefined format, and uh, that was to signal various things like whether um, it was explicit or not and all these types of things. It was quite complicated. Uh, I certainly found myself making a number of mistakes with the naming and metadata stuff. So whenever I have a problem that is a little bit too much for my old brain, I write a bit of software, or indeed make a device to to help me with it. So I started developing a Bash script in mid-2013, which I called... Somewhat unoriginally, hpr underscore talk. I used bash to do this since I thought it, it would make something which had few dependencies, fairly small footprint. Maybe I could share it and maybe it would it be useful to others. The script grew and grew and became increasingly complex. Um, and I found I needed to add other scripts to the toolkit as it became. And to resort to Perl and various Perl modules to do all the things I needed to do. Then in 2014 Ken changed the upload procedure to what it is now, which is much better. It's a better design, does away with the need to name files and put metadata in them and all that good stuff. But it left my toolkit a little bit high and dry. <laughs> so I shelved plans to release it at that point and um but carried on using it. I've been messing around with it, hacking it around, changing the the way it works to a fair degree, debugging it, and so on and so forth. The outcome is it's a little bit idiosyncratic, quite complex, um, not really a thing you'd want to give to somebody else. It's quite personalised to my needs, I suppose. But I thought I'd put it up on GitLab, which I have, there's a link to it in the show notes, and I thought I would describe what I do with it, just in case anybody was interested in it or wanted to just have a look at it and see what I, the way I do the various things I do. So, let's give an overview of the, the script. It's, it's called HBR underscore talk and it has to be put into a directory where the shows are going to be stored. The principle is that each show and its related files are stored in their own subdirectory. The script derives the name of the, this directory from the title of the show that it holds. That's really a hangover from the uh, the previous days, but I thought it was a reasonable way of going. So I keep my scripts, I keep these scripts that, that I'm talking about, and the HPR episodes in a directory under my home directory. There's there's HPR is is the top level directory, and then underneath there is a directory called Talks. I've got quite a lot of HPR stuff on my main workstation, as you might gather, being a bit of an administrator and messer abouter and wrangler. <laughs> anyway, there's no problem where you put them, as long as all the scripts are in the same place, and the shows are all created um, in directories underneath, and y- you own the, or the the account you're using it from, um, can read and write to this, this directory tree. So the HPR talk script takes one or two arguments. The first is an action word. Think something like install or create. You can abbreviate these down to the, the shortest unique form. That's the thing that sort of is an imperative to the to the script. The second argument is there in certain circumstances, not in others. And uh, it it varies mostly with whatever it is you're doing. If it's present, it can be the name of the directory holding your show, or it can be the title of of the show in, in quotes. Well, you can just leave it out, and the script will prompt you. There is also a minus H option, which will display help. So I thought I'd describe the workflow that I go through when I'm preparing a show or episode. I tend to call them shows. Other people call them episodes. So I'm sort of using the two terms interchangeably. So the first thing I would do be create a new new episode. Uh, I do this sometimes just when I have an idea for a show, something I'm going to do in the future sometime, and I just create the sort of template, the framework, uh, as a placeholder, and then I can go and fiddle around with it later on. During the creation step, the script collects all the metadata relating to the show, which again is a hangover from the old system, but it, i find found that it's useful. It asks questions and sets defaults where the answers aren't clear yet. Things like, what slot do you want? Well, you don't know yet. You haven't reserved it, unless you're lightning fast with producing uh, episodes. So having created a, a show, then uh, you can come back and mess around with the title. don't like the way I phrased that. Change it. You can change the summary. You can add and subtract tags and so forth. And do that as many times as you want all the way through the life cycle of that episode. So the shows I create consist of brief notes for the main page and I usually go for some sort of longer note format which is available linked off that page. The one you're listening to now is configured in that sort of way. My notes are always prepared in Markdown and then I use HPR Talk script to convert them to HTML before uploading. So I might have some supplementary files such as examples of scripts or whatever uh some some pictures that type of thing and uh, if i do have that then then they those files and the long notes are all packaged up into a compressed tar file for upload so i only ever send three files to the server that's the the main notes the tar file if appropriate and the audio Since I'm generating HTML from Markdown, I've added features to the HPR talk script to aid aid me running this process. First of all, I create boilerplate Markdown files with the script, so I don't have to worry about the formatting and so forth when I start them up. And I generate a make file, which allows me to automate things using GNU Make. Since I use Vim to edit my notes, I generate the configuration file so that I can run the session plugin within Vim. Session is a thing that lets you um, open multiple buffers or and or windows and then save that configuration for the next time. Um, so I use that for everything and uh, I've got a thing that builds a session configuration. So all I need to do is to go, I use GVim mostly, open GVim, click on the session uh, menu at the top of the the screen and the top of the window and it'll give me a list of all the sessions I have and one will be the show that I want to edit. So I just do that and everything is loaded up as it was previously when I saved it. Or indeed if it's the first time then everything's there in some default form. If I'm including multiple files in my show such as pictures or scripts I list them in a manifest file And the HPR talk script allows me to create this file and uh, populate it. And the the make file uses it when generating the tar file. So as I work on the notes, I rebuild the HTML version and view it in a a browser. And the build process can be run out of Vim using the make command, which is uh, available within Vim uh, on, on its command line. I can also go to another window and run the HPR talk script telling it to build some aspect of the the notes. Now, so you can view this if you've got references to other things in your in your notes, like pictures or whatever, then these are going to be references like um uh file references, not full-blown URLs. Um and you want to be able to do that cuz you want to see how it looks, but Uh, When the notes go up to the HPR server, they're going to be referring to files on that server. So I build in a facility whereby if you type the command make space final, F-I-N-A-L, or you run the appropriate option within the HPR talk script, it will build everything to work on the HPR server. Now uh, This toolkit doesn't do anything with the audio, this is generated independently. I use perhaps Audacity or a portable recorder. I'm using my Zoom uh, H2 just now for this one. I save the raw audio in the show directory and edit it with Audacity and then finally export the FLAC file to the show directory and I name it according to the conventions that the script uses. I use Audacity to save generic audio tags. It's possible to configure Audacity to do this for you during the export. Uh, But I do have a tool for generating specific tags automatically from the show configuration file. I haven't included this as part of the the GitLab configuration because it's quite complex and there's a whole raft of dependencies there. If anybody's interested, I could uh, include that because all of the, the components are available. But it, it takes a little bit of building, that's the, the main downside. So as the components of a show accumulate, the files are registered uh, through the script. And uh, like I said before, the primary elements that the, that are known to the, uh, the script in the configuration file are the, the main notes, the supplementary files and the long notes bundled into a TAR file and that's defined by the manifest file I mentioned before and then there's the audio, so three main components. So once everything is ready to be uploaded I reserve a slot um, on the the calendar page as usual and then use HPR talk to um, change the configuration file uh, change the slot entry in the configuration file. This causes all of the files to be renamed automatically and uh, so uh the convention is that they should be called HPR 1234 or whatever on the front of them so that's done by the script and it also causes the HTML references in the notes to be changed so uh to, when when i do the final build i use Ken's upload form and fill it in manually with the details from the from the configuration and uh with the the main notes which i simply cut and paste in then I use HBR Talk itself to perform the upload. It uses curl underneath to to write to the FTP server. So it's using FTP for the, the upload of everything other than the, the main notes. Actually, in the current version, it sends the main notes again, but uh, that's something I'm going to fix in due course. Ken uh, would prefer that I didn't do FTP uploads, but uh, it's just I just found it so much more convenient to... To, to do things through this script. So I thought I would just skim through the the main features of the, the script, most of which I've covered in, a, in some detail as I talked about my workflow. So first thing that you would do if you, if you were using the script would be to install it. Basically, you just put it somewhere, but then you need to run its install function because it has a bunch of configuration files. Some of these are populated by itself, and some of them uh, need input from you. So it needs to know your host ID and your host name, and so on and so forth. And um, it also needs to know the uh, FTP upload details, the FTP password. If any of these things change, and the only one likely to change is the FTP password, then you can simply run the install process again, and it will allow you to make modifications. So you can create a new show with this through the the create function. You'll be prompted for a whole bunch of parameters, as I I mentioned, and uh, the show directory will be created. At that point, the show number or the slot is unknown. And so the files that are created in the show directory are called hbr followed by four underscores and then these get renamed when a slot has been reserved and you tell the script there's quite a lot of things you can do to change the configuration of a show including um, change the title or the if you change the title it's going to change the name of the directory too and you can update the summary or you can that's where you put the, the slot in when you've decided what it is there are a whole bunch of more advanced features that i've added which uh, let you create the main show note template or the f- and the, the full show note template it uh, lets you create and populate the manifest file and it creates a make the make file to drive the whole thing during the make file creation you're asked things about how you want to run things one of the options is for example would you like to create epub notes from from the thing at the end and this business of having a Vim session that I mentioned before can be—you can create the session configuration at this stage if you want to and if it's appropriate to you. Building the notes is another function, and it—it uh, it runs various forms of make. So you can build just the main notes. You know, that might be all you have, of course. You can build everything, which includes. The main notes, the supplementary notes, or the full notes, EPUB notes, and if there's a tar file, which there will be if you've got full notes at very least, um, it will build that. It'll do it in a way that you can view your HTML locally. Then there's build final, which is same as building everything, but it, it fiddles with the URLs. And there's also a feature to refresh all the files, because make needs the files to have changed, and you don't always need to change them. You don't always intend to change them before you, you build them. You need to register all the various files that you have with the the, the show in the configuration file on the script will let you do that. And when you've done all of that lot, as I've already mentioned, you you can I used the term release. I should have used upload. I don't know why I chose release. You can you can upload it, release it via FTP. It checks so you've registered everything and the slot is allocated and so on and so forth there are also some reporting functions here which let you look at the status of a show so if you've got a whole bunch of them that you've uh started working on but haven't haven't done anything with for a while and i certainly have plenty of those then um you can you can run the status function on a given show and it'll tell you some stuff about where you are There's also a summary function which scans through all of the shows you've prepared, fishing out only those that you haven't uploaded, and it reports on their current state. So if you have several of them on the go, it's useful for that. Again, this is done for me because I've got something like, I don't know, a dozen or so shows in an intermediate state. I thought I'd mention a brief bit about the show notes that this thing expects. They're they're in Markdown format, but the, we're using Pandoc to process the Markdown, so it's it's capable of using the extended features that, that Pandoc allows. And I've made certain assumptions about which of these you would use. This is this is um, something that perhaps could do with some further work. And for example, it makes it, it it makes certain decisions about the formatting of the notes. The main notes are always built as an HTML fragment because they're they're a piece of HTML that's to be fitted into another pre-existing template that's uh, that's displayed on the uh, HPR website. The extended notes, if you're using them, are built standalone, so it's a complete web page, all of its own. And um, the extended notes always refer to the HPR site for the CSS, so they, they look uh, similar, use the same fonts and... Um, Colours and size of, of page, and so forth. There's also the EPUB option where I've made certain assumptions about the layout. Still, really working on this because sometimes the, the EPUB format doesn't go very well with the, the sort of notes that I've produced, for example, scripts and, and that type of thing. One of the aspects of the notes is that they're really a, a template. The, they're passed through a preprocessor before being handed to Pandoc. and this is a Perl script which interprets expressions in template toolkit syntax. And this preprocessor is, is given arguments which are the names of the various files. So the main and the supplementary notes are both passed through a preprocessor before. Being handed to Pandoc. The preprocessor is a Perl script which interprets expressions in the template toolkit syntax. I've put a link to template toolkit in the notes. This allows um, strange sequences of brackets and percents in the notes to be replaced by um, arguments to the to the script the um the arguments that are given to the preprocessor are things like names of the various files like the extended notes file and the contents of the manifest file if that's appropriate and this simplifies the process of linking to supplementary files and images and allows the generated urls to change depending on whether the html is for local viewing in which case it's a it's a local file name or whether it's going to be the final version which case it's a full http url referencing the um, hpr website so i've put an example of what i tend to do and will have done in these notes i haven't actually written it yet but uh It will contain a line in the main notes which say something like, I've written out a moderately long set of notes about this subject, and these are available here. And then the example shows an open square bracket, and then another one, and a percent sign, space, ARGS.0, space, percent, close square bracket, close square bracket, open parenthesis, then another sequence of open square bracket percent args dot zero percent close square bracket, then a close parenthesis. What that is it the, the thing open square bracket percent whatever percent close square bracket that's an expression which substitutes a variable. The variable is called args, A-R-G-S meaning arguments. It's actually an array and uh, I've requested the first of the first element of this array and this is the first um, argument that's been given to the, the preprocessor. Now that expression is repeated uh, in the example and the two, two uh, copies of it are inside the uh, Markup, markdown, markup for a link. So uh, you put text in the first square brackets, and then you put the URL in the round bracket. So that's that's very useful. It allows the the script and the uh, the various elements of my toolkit to handle this for me. There's an exa- another example. I've recently prepared a show with multiple images, and I inserted them using a slightly different method. And you'll see there's an example which starts with an open square bracket percent minus or hyphen space, default in capital space I equals zero, then a hyphen percent close square bracket. The minuses, the hyphens um, inside of the, the percent, tell the preprocessor not to generate new lines when um, processing this particular line so it's just a way of stopping it from adding in lots of uh, unnecessary new lines which which might be significant in certain places so the example shows the way in which you would generate an image in Markdown so it's an exclamation mark and then in square brackets the text preparing carrots one close square brackets then in parentheses one of these um, Args thing. So in this particular case it's open square bracket percent args dot dollar i. So what that means is use whatever the value of i, the variable i in the template is. So it would be zero in that particular instance and then the the rest of it, the the text, I won't read it all. Then the second example of an image shows inside the the um, template toolkit expression open square bracket percent. Then we've got i equals i plus one. So we've incremented the variable i. Semicolon. This is a Perl-like syntax. And then we use args dot dollar i. And then we close the the thing with a percent and a closed square bracket. And what that does, it it plants args one, the second element, fed to the the um, preprocessor. So that makes it a lot easier to shuffle things around. You don't have to worry about which which um, image is which. The only thing is that the images, the files, or whatever it is you're working with here, are numbered according to the order that they were fed to the pre-process. and the order is defined by the the um, the, the file, um, the manifest file. This make this made it a lot easier to handle when there were 34, 35 images to place in the note. So in conclusion then, this toolkit does a large amount of what I want when I prepare HPR show and it saves me from making the sort of mistakes that I tend to make. The present design still shows lots of marks of its of its origin and the ways the way things were done back back in 2013 and so forth, and, well, before the current mechanism, the submission mechanism. I'll probably fix that in time. I definitely will fix that in time, just for my own benefit. I'd like to automate the completion of the submission form, but I'm not sure. I know it can be done, but whether it's a good thing to have script um effectively scraping the contents of that form and writing stuff into it and so forth i don't know i'm not quite sure what the security implications are just at the moment and i'm not sure that ken would be overly uh, thrilled at my doing it that way so that's a uh, that's something i'm working on anyway thinking about you're welcome to check out the scripts if you want to and see whether whether uh, it's uh, anything of any interest to you. Um, You can even just go and browse the stuff and that's the point at which you decide you don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, It's on GitLab and there's a link to it in the note. There's not a great deal of documentation on the the GitLab site at the moment, uh, but I'm gradually adding to it as as I go along. If I hear of anybody who's actually interested in uh, in messing around with it, then that will uh, give me the incentive to improve on the, the documentation. If you do have a go at using it, don't hesitate to, uh, to contact me if you have any, any problems or questions. And uh, if you have suggestions about how to, to move forward with this, then that would also be appreciated. So I hope you found this useful. Okay, bye.
1: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show...